0: Everyone, everyone, is, is, does things wrong. I mean, I have a, one of my principles that I, I go with is if I'm not making smart mistakes, I'm not going to say just mistakes, but smart mistakes, then I'm not, I'm not taking enough risk. And so we have to, we just, we just have to take risk. It's just what life is. We can become so secure in our happiness that our happiness is actually led by our success. And so we have to, we have to get uncomfortable. If we're not uncomfortable, something's probably wrong. And we need to fix it. Yeah. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald.
1: Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. This is the only podcast that shares origin stories of local business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers. And guys, you know, the stories of their journeys are inspiring. And my very favorite part is getting to know our business neighbors better. So today I'm so excited to be interviewing the CEO of one of East Idaho's most known and beloved businesses, Eric Browning of FinFun. Welcome.
0: Well, hello. It's good to be with you. Thank you for Thinking about us.
1: Um, yes, it's easy to think about you because you're kind of a thing in East Idaho and it's fun to be able to learn your story. One of the things I loved the best, well, I, before we jump into that, for anyone who's been living under a rock or wherever, tell us what FinFun is.
0: Sure. FinFun is a company that was kind of started by my mother and her name's Karen, Grandma Karen, and she had a granddaughter who inspired her to do something to help her dream. And so she came to her and said, Grandma, I want to be a mermaid. Now, Izzy, as, as a man, would never ponder <laughs> such a thing myself. I'm not saying it's not everyone would do that, but I never thought about it. And So my mother, being the entrepreneur that she is, said, well, I'll make you one. And then eventually uh, she found out that her friends wanted one too and started a little business on eBay. And so FinFun became the first real swimmable mermaid tail. And since then, we've developed various products and, and we sell our product all over the world. And... Uh, have been. We're grateful that we've been recognized in various uh, various ways, and that's kind of who Finfund is. And we're right here in Idaho Falls, even though we seem like we're a, a company that sh- lives in the Caribbean. We're not. We're in we're in the warm climate of eastern Idaho. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's not usual for us to see a mermaid in East Idaho. No,
0: no. <laughs> that's when they find out where we're from. They go, wait a second, is it is that what's in the Snake River? Is that what's in there?
1: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Sometimes we don't know what's in the depths we, we of some know. of those places. Um, but that would be a pleasure. Surprised if we found a little mermaid. (laughs) That's right. All right. So, what I know about currently about your business, you just celebrated your 10th anniversary Mm -hmm. from when Grandma Karen made that tail. That's right. That's pretty awesome. 10 years. You have sold over 1 million of these tails. Mm -hmm. So, it's not just a little thing. Like you said, you're selling all over the world. And then you mentioned how your mom kind of started all this but mm-hmm. i want to go back to that story and get yeah. into it a little bit more because what i understand about it is that you had a very entrepreneurial very entrepreneurial parents they tried many many different businesses of which i can relate to my my Upbringing was much like this. I got to participate in a bowling alley, and a computer store, and everything under the sun that I had no <laughs> idea had anything to do with each other because my dad would do the same thing. So, is that what your life was like? Were you in all these multitude of different businesses?
0: Well, yes. Let's put it this way: I never needed a job. I yeah. <laughs> always had something I could do, and it was always busy with it. Most of their most of my childhood, it was their furniture store that they operated in St. Anthony, uh, but they were always doing something. My dad always had a piece of paper and he was always filling out the next idea, so.
1: Now, why do you think that was? Was he just never satisfied, or he just knew that there was something out there that he needed to do, and he hadn't found it yet?
0: You know, I think it's the latter. My dad had a good job. He worked for the Forest Service. He was over personnel, so it was a very boring job. You know, he's going into the desk, and he always had an idea that, that he could make it big. I think for him, he, he felt that there was an opportunity to do something that was very dramatic.
1: Um, and he did.
0: he He did
1: well he he didn't grandma karen well
0: i have to give my dad credit you know it's (laughs) actually grandma karen gets all the credit but it was really my dad that that, because see the problem with my dad well there's not a problem but his challenge was he came up with the ideas but my mom was the doer
1: i got it so because there was choke cherry syrup and yes so she 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 had to do it go
0: do this and so whenever he came with an idea my mom's thinking yeah but you've got your job but that means I'm going to do the work over on this other one. I see. And so I think she was tired for a little bit, but my dad really saw this and he was fully engaged. And he he was now at this point retired from the Forest Service, and it was years later. And uh, he he was he was ready to go to work with her. So he's the one that really said, "I think there's a business here." My mom was saying, "I think we can get this to her friends and we can be done." So yeah, and my right. Dad was like
1: I think there's something here. This is bigger than yeah. just yeah. these same, these kids that are her friends. And- yeah. Yeah. Who knew? So when yeah. that began, did it take off really
0: crazy fast for them? So it really did. I watched them at the beginning. They got their first order. I think it was on um, uh, the day after Thanksgiving of, of 2010. And um, they we were excited. Hey, They got an order. And then it was like four and then it was like eight and it was like 10. And that's more than they'd ever seen in their lives. I mean, they've tried a lot of things and it's never worked. And pretty soon, uh, they had uh, in the next year and a half. I've, I stayed in touch with them of how they're doing, and they were just growing. They went from my mom and her little shop to now she had seven seamstresses around the neighborhood, and we started using Dunn Enterprises to cut some of our fabric because you just couldn't cut it fast enough. But they were they were at the point where they just couldn't do anymore. They they the two of them trying to they basically sold a, a little fabric sparkly tail that was just cut and sewn. Yeah, and they were just running and 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 really couldn't ship enough and couldn't do enough and so they decided that they were going to serve a mission for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and i just still to this day that's when i know their character because they finally found something that was working hit yeah and then they said you know what we feel impressed that our time's to serve a mission and they basically chose to in a way keep it going but they kind of mothballed any real strategy and, and they, they'd they never really done any of the e-commerce before, so they didn't really know. And they pushed it to my brother, Curtis, and went into his home, and he began to manage it. And uh, they were going to go on a mission. That was just going to be it. Yeah. And, 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 and probably...
1: Whatever it did, it had done. It had and, done, you know. and
0: it was okay. You know, it, was, it wasn't anything big. It wasn't enough to hire people full-time or anything else, but it was... And then I got the feeling, uh, and... Uh, I called my other brother. And you brother. are
1: not even in no. Idaho at this point. Well, I'm in oh.
0: Idaho, but I I was in. I've been working for a company called Policy Tech. I vice president of software uh, sales and marketing for them. On
1: your own, out doing your yeah. thing. Yeah, I just
0: helped my parents from time to time when they had questions. And you were
1: watching them do this. Yeah, so. and
0: I'm an e-commerce <laughs> background, an internet background, and I've been helping them here and there. But then I, then it just hit me, and I thought, you know, I need to I need to help my parents. We're gonna we're gonna keep this going. Yeah, this and, is it. And the timing worked to where I was able to. We sold that company and, and I was able to buy in with my brother. And we, we said, We'll make you partners. Uh, well, you make us partners, better said. <laughs> <laughs> you make us partners. And mom and dad, my goal is that when you come back, you'll never have to work, worry again, work again, ever. And that was really my motivation. Yeah. I mean, I didn't understand mermaid tales, but I knew giving and I knew service and I knew kids and I knew dreaming. And, and so. When you, when you yeah. said that to them, do you think mm-hmm. they really understood what that meant? Do you think they saw this? No, they didn't see it, but I kind of did. But um, but they 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 moved very quickly to say yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think about it, and to me, it kind of shows again. I'm I'm a religious person, and so uh, they made this choice to leave. And and by the time they left, they were able to pay off their house and do other things because we we paid a fair price for the business at the time and did everything we should do. And and then they've never had to work since. Mm-hmm. And I think they would tell you, yes, that we had no idea. We had no idea that it would go this way. But um, I think they, they caught on real quick because it only took us a week. By the time I brought it up, we had a, we had a deal done, signed, Payments were authorized within one week before they left on their mission. We took the picture at the in, in Provo saying goodbye as they were going on their
1: mission, and it was also the transfer of the company. It was so the transfer of the company. See
0: you later. And so that's how it's been, and and, uh, and then it just started to grow. And then we we made some changes. We made some fundamental changes uh, to how we were doing things. We began to. Now,
1: your brother Steve, who's an yeah. accountant, is the yeah. CFO. Yes, and you're the CEO. Uh-huh. So the two of you were putting your brains together now, and probably like was the were you just having these great visions of what this could be?
0: Well, I th- I thought it could because I come from tech, and so I've seen tech go big, and I thought this could we if we hit this right, it could go well. But at that point, already competitors were starting to sense ah. something's coming in. So you could sense uh, lots of competitors coming in outside the market, and so we knew we needed to improve our product and. And what we we're missing was a monofin, which was really the the magic that creates a, a propulsion, not just kind of a floppy thing. but Because in the beginning, move.
1: it was like, I just want to look like a mermaid. Yeah. And then you added this monofin that helped me swim yeah. like amazing fish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really suddenly changed it because it's really the mermaid tail went from being a floppy thing to a little. It's a big monofin. It's a big flipper yeah and fish swim that way because they swim really well that way i mean it works yeah so it's not just something that looks cool it actually if you if you know how to dolphin kick and it's required we 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 have a lot of requirements to learn to dolphin kick but you can swim really well in these yeah and uh, you can motor you can go faster than a freestylist who's trying to swim the other way you can just motor uh with it on so it really got our it gets kids to be more creative creative play it helps them to get out of the the internet uh, the, the just playstation or whatever else they're playing and to focus on you know getting out being kids
1: yeah now you also capitalized on that creative play because you've got a website that is dedicated to um, play for these kids right
0: yeah. yeah we came with a concept called Finn friends we have over 80 stories of, of these mermaids there's seven mermaidens that are mermaid princesses that are around the world they're they're live in different countries and and their their mermaid world. We created a mermaid kingdom. And again, I can't say I had all this creativity. I have just had a great team that came in. That and were having, like, this would be a good idea. This I, is a great idea. Fun, yeah. And and we just just kept going. You know, it's like, why not why not go for it? You know, let's go for it. And so it became really fun. Yeah. Uh, so we have a whole we have a site that kids come on and play. It's got a really it's got a really sticky. We use the term they they stay in it a long time. They like it. and It's safe for them. And and then all of our stories have tried to have good themes about you know. Challenges and choices you have to make, and so and learning uh, and mm-hmm. learning.
1: Yeah, um, you also have grown quite a community. I know it was not very long ago you reached over a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, but you've got nearly I don't know one hundred eighty-five thousand followers on Facebook. But I don't even know all yeah. of your social stuff that's out there.
0: Yeah, we we have a great team again that does so much. I mean, when I started, when I quit my job, I I learned very quickly that. I sure didn't know that much. I mean, I really didn't. I mean, I thought I did, because I always was management and I would always say, okay, we need to do this. And, but then it was me doing it. And, <laughs> well, you're you know, like, wait a minute, how'd I you guys was, do this? Yeah, <laughs> I was cheap, cook, bottle washer. I was the, That was the whole deal. And and so I'd go in and try to create graphics or whatever, and I finished them and they looked awful. I'm like, "This, <laughs> I can't put this online. And, and so over time, I had really learned that we need to we need to bring in the very best. And I think we have brought in some of the very best designers and we've brought in, we brought in really great tit people and we've had really smart people that that through their work we are where we are today but we had the vision and we had the we had the efforts to do it and you know what here we are yeah. i mean we've we've it's sold you know you think about the revenue that's come out of this little idea i mean it's it's a lot i mean it's nine digits of revenue over the years i mean it's it's a, it's a lot of revenue that that has come into this little valley that's helped people you know do this and dream
1: so do you have most of your um all that creative team and everybody are they here in east idaho
0: yeah yeah we have uh, most everybody's here we have some consultants that are outside we've used people like traub uh, traub is the leading retail visionary in new york that helped us for a while um, but a lot of these people are right here i mean we just i'm amazed at the quality of people we have in eastern idaho they're they're hard workers they're they're very smart and uh, give them an opportunity, they'll just run with it.
1: Yeah, it really looks like that. And yeah. who, the depth of creativity that you have shown, plus that we have, who knows what's yet to tap because of these yeah. brilliant minds.
0: Well, we're having, like I said, we've got some new things coming up this year that we're really excited about. Um, again, we're about innovative creative play we know we have to continually evolve and, and find out new ideas because there's trends all the time, right? Trends come, they go. I mean, think about your Elmo doll that happened 30 years ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. or whatever. I mean, so the challenge in our business is, is is writing a trend and staying within that trend. Certainly the mermaid Tale when we came out with it, was a huge trend. And then the trend has come off like anything would. So you have to find other ways to continue to keep the business rolling. And that's the challenge we all face mm-hmm. is how do you keep a business invigorated and fresh and young and looking at new ideas and we believe that any idea you have is a stepping stone to the next idea mm-hmm. you know so they're just stepping stones
1: yeah it's it's the same kind of philosophy about having you know being in the right place and taking opportunities because you're ready for them your team is just coming up with these new next new things. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I I hear you talk and it clearly um, resonates that this company is mission driven. How do you, how have you kept that mission as you've grown and, and stayed true to those values?
0: That is a great question. (laughs) You know, part of it is I think we've shown it by our words and our deeds. We, we actually have given every year we have given uh, a portion of our proceeds to children's causes we've done it every year and uh we just got done for our 10th anniversary we donated this time we changed it around we still give cash but we also donated uh you know uh, hundreds uh, well tens of thousands of blankets uh for kids and uh they're great blankets they're mermaid tail blankets we saw a lot of that you know this isn't just junk this is good stuff that we we gave uh, we gave and we i figured wouldn't it be nice to feel a hug, you know, in this time of COVID? And so we did that. So I think our employees, we don't talk about it much. You know, we, we don't go around and say, "This is here's our mission. the chat, we're doing this. And we are mm-hmm. ha- I mean, nothing against doing that. That's fine. We haven't done that so much. Um, so, you know, maybe we should do that more. But I, I see, I just always am grateful when I see businesses giving back to the community. So I think it's really about us doing that. And the second part of that is... Uh, is that we need to show our employees that they really are the most important thing. And and I think we have ebbed and flowed in that, to, to be honest. I think there's times that we have not been as as generous or as, you know, we're more about the bottom line yeah, get this right? done. Yeah. But part of evolving is changing. And so recently, for example, at FinFund, we, we, Steve and I got on a phone call in July during COVID. We said, OK, look, we're going to continue to have you work from home. That's a great flexibility we give you. Uh, FinFund, from the very beginning, we started providing excellent benefits to our employees. We're paying a large portion of that, which most companies didn't have to even do. We didn't have to do it. We did it. Um, we, we have then inc- incorporated new things, too. We incorporated, it's called Freedom Friday. So three o'clock on every other Friday, they get off, we pay them for it you know, because we know they have dental appointments. They may need to run the kids from the school project or, you know, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to just do little things that show that we really do employ. We do value our employees first and foremost.
1: How many employees do you have? Right
0: now we've got about 55 mm-hmm. is what we've got. And then of course outsource that help us. There's many, many more than that.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I imagine there's some busy seamstresses somewhere.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you take the seamstresses that are making our products. Again, we sell hundreds of thousands a year. Yeah. I can't uh, even imagine. You know, you're, you're talking of uh, hundreds of people. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're giving them a way to finance their life. And that I think is the greatest thing for you. Entrepreneurs is, you know, sometimes we want to give back, but the greatest gift is to give someone a, an opportunity to have a job. I mean, that is the greatest gift we can do. Keep oh, employed.
1: I love how you said that because when my husband and I took over the business from his father, Kevin couldn't work in the business at that time. I mean, he he was told that there's not enough here for two families. So we we went out, did our own thing for a while, came back when dad retired. And um, I, I feel that so much because now we have 12 employees. It's not that many. But we've grown it. So we have 12, 12 people have jobs because mm-hmm. of what we've been able to do. So I can only fractionally imagine the joy that you're able to have with the people that you're able to employ and and bring that revenue back to East Idaho.
0: It does feel good. You know, I I think about the housing market and the people that we've hired that have come here and bought homes and and get paid here. And it's all great. And, And I admire many other companies that are here. That I don't even know exists, I need to get out more, but I, you know, and I'm just like, really, that's here. They're doing that, <laughs> right?
1: You just need to listen to my show. I'm going to listen then- <laughs> to your show. I'm on. I'm on. I'm
0: going to be. There's I'm 88
1: gonna, 88 businesses there, which you probably know most of them. I've, but it has been. been so fun to get to know the businesses in East Idaho.
0: That's awesome. So good, it is. That's great.
1: Okay, so I again, I just keep coming back to your parent, your story of your yeah. parents, because I don't know them and I love them just because of their journey. But what did you learn from them about business and entrepreneurship?
0: Yeah, well, that's a great question. In fact, I don't know if you've seen it, but we created a video on their lives. It's on YouTube. It's on our YouTube channel. And uh, and to talk about a business. My son, Tanner, did it. And so I'm proud of my son. He does great work, and he's got his own company now that he started as he worked here, and he moves on. So we also like to seed uh, talent and then they go on to other places. Yeah, yeah, we all learn from yeah. each other, although I hate to see him ever go on. But he still works for us and does most of our video work. Yeah,
1: he, he's not allowed
0: to move on. How, he's no, he's not. Here. He's in the ground. <laughs> of course, he's got a family. He's got to do what he's got to do. But yes. we still have him here. He does all of our video here. But, um, you know, with my parents, I think to me throughout their life has just been they've lived a life of integrity. I mean, they're not they're not they're like me. They're not perfect. They, you know, uh, but they've always lived a life of integrity. They've
1: tried, yeah. they
0: tried. And seeing them take risks, and I thought, I just grew up that, you know, you just take some risks.
1: Yeah, and, and you fail, so what? You just move
0: on. You move on. Okay, that didn't go so well. What's, what's the next thing you're going to do? I you love know? it. I love it. And, and I think they showed that. And they showed that you didn't have to have a, a pedigree of, like, Harvard business grad and and I've got to do all this. You know, experience is such a key thing here. Not that I'm against the degrees. I think they're wonderful, but I think, you know, you don't have to have everything. And 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 I believe if you follow principles and you and you you will be successful. I don't care what you are who you are, what you do, if you follow principle life's life, life that is have principle based, you will have great success. It's and they modeled that for you. They followed that. And They modeled it so all of the kids or seven of us. Uh, we all learned that, you know, we all learned to get out and work. I hated hearing I had to go out and tend the store. It was the worst. Maybe you felt the same. <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> little like, bit. Oh, I no.
1: worked at the dry cleaning plant on Saturdays, you know, like, but yeah. that wasn't the dream job for a teenager. Nevertheless,
0: no. that's what you did. Well, the furniture store, I used to, they, they had me tend it because I've always kind of been one who talks and selling. And uh, I used to just almost hope no one would come in because <laughs> then I had to work.
1: <laughs> I understand that feeling. Like, yes. <laughs> it's like, oh,
0: no, we have a customer.
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <Crap>. <laughs> well, I again I do really love their story and, and it's fun to see how involved your family has been. Clearly it's been a family business from the very beginning. Yeah. And I understand that there are a few family members. Yeah, there are clearly I'll, there's Tanner and your brother yeah, so, and who knows yeah, who more? Tell,
0: Yeah, I mean in our company what's interesting is when we first started to do this, um the family, the immediate their children. All had different backgrounds so my brother is probably the best accountant I know anywhere he is and he's he's got that critical thinking just mind he's, he's so bright he's just he's almost bright he's so bright he's scary you know frankly but so he and I are opposites in every way but they, they complement each other and then my when we hired my um, my brother brother who does our customer service he's got the kindest disposition we have my brother-in-law who was running Overstock's fulfillment logistics we got him to come and he had his own company. We bought his company and brought him over here, but he's an expert in that. He does our sales and and uh, some of our marketing. Then we had my brother brother-in-law who was with Sony and then he's doing our oh my purchasing. Goodness. So There's we brought lots in of family. We brought in lots of family. But they, they weren't it wasn't just because they were family. They, had they literally had, had the background, mm-hmm. they had the skills.
1: Okay, but I hear you and I love that. Yeah. But it's not always fun working with your family. Yeah. Like that's the whole point of being able to go to work and then you can come back and love your family. <laughs> so how has that worked
0: out? That is such a good question. <laughs> that is such a good question because as we mature, you know, the challenge is sometimes in a maturing company, the people that maybe got us here can't won't get us there, yeah, right? Yeah. And so now And that got, could
1: be a loved one.
0: Yeah. And now you've got a big deal because it's like we need you to I'm going to have relationship with you until the day I die. So we can't do this. So we're evolving. We're learning. And, uh, you know, I've listened to the experts that you have to put the right people in the right seats always. Mm -hmm. And and so we we're going to continue to do that. We're committed to doing that. And uh, whether it's, uh, you know, we want it to be family, but we're going to make sure it's the right the right people. Yeah. And but we have to do in a way that's always people understand. Yeah. You know there's business, there's family. We wanted to do our own. We wanted to work for a, together as a, as a family. So this was my brother and I, we grew up together. We always wanted to do that. Sometimes things will change. You know, I came back from a mission. I just got done serving a mission for three years. I'm back. And and so I'm now going, <laughs> I've changed. Yeah, I literally right. have changed. You can't yeah. have gone through that. So. I think you,
1: you have to even look in the mirror sometimes and see if you're the right
0: person. Uh, and I've yeah. told them, I've told my family that I've told them, said, okay, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help the business continue to grow because you have to remove the the egos. You have to get it out of the way and you need to be passionate about something. You've got to be passionate about it. As long as you have the vision and the passion, people will go to it. And then you hire better people around you and And next thing you know, you're there and you're thinking, how did I get here? This is amazing. This is so fun.
1: Well, you hear that story a lot, especially about startups. um, You know, that the CEO then becomes the bottleneck because it's their baby and it's so personal that it's hard to say for those 55 employees or 5,500 employees or whatever, I've got to move out of the way in order for this to be Mm -hmm. good for everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, our life it's it's us you've grown up here this is your legacy and so i totally get that whole you know having to look in the mirror and be real honest about what's best for the business
0: the real advantage that i have is i know the business can do fine without me i was gone for three years yeah you proved it and i disconnected (laughs) i mean I, i have to tell you i totally disconnected and so to come back is frankly my bigger challenge, right? Yeah. Is to say, okay, I I finished Do I this. have a role? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've all been doing different things. Where do I fit into this this thing and am I the right fit? And am I ready for the next thing? And so That's all going on real Uh time, right? It's all going on real time.
1: Well, I love you being honest about that because I think that from the outside looking in, you'd be just like, Oh, well he can fly away for three years and come popping back in. And (laughs) you know, there's challenges with all of this. Mm -hmm. So uh, people
0: learn to do things a different, a little bit different way, but I, they tell me I was a big part of the reason we got to where we were and it's kind of my view and my focus. So, um, I think, I think, you know, there's a lot left to do. I think so, me. too. Left They're to do. not kicking you out yet. <laughs> no, not yet, anyway. I'll have to kick myself
1: out. <laughs> you might. But so far, so good. All right. So uh, when I think, when I talk to people, especially who have been pretty successful, um, mm-hmm. I always wonder if you have along your journey... Been human and experienced feelings of doubt and like, what the heck am I doing? And I'm gonna blow this whole family thing up and it's gonna be on me. Like, have you felt that way ever?
0: Never, no. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> you laugh at me. Please tell me how you haven't. <laughs> everyone, everyone is, is, does things wrong. I mean, I have a, one of my principles that I, I go with is if I'm not making smart mistakes, I'm not gonna say just mistakes, but smart mistakes, then I'm not, I'm not taking enough risk. And so we have to, we just we just have to take risk. It's just what life is. We can become so secure in our happiness that our happiness is actually led by our success. And so we have to, we have to get uncomfortable. If we're not uncomfortable, something's probably wrong and we need to fix it. Yeah. But we should never do a mistake that would in any way cost a business or jeopardize a relationship. I'm not talking about those kind of mistakes. Careless. Yeah. Careless mistakes, but we have to do that. So yeah, you're talking to yours truly. And it's one of the things that I understand is that I make mistakes. we made a lot of mistakes. The key is to learn from those mistakes. And, and you know, I think over time I've evolved because I came from a family that has high expectations. You know, that's why we're, I think we're successful. With that high expectation comes a certain level of I can't make mistakes. And so you feel this obligation. Just perfectionism. Imagine how I felt, right? So here I am taking on the company. My brother, who's my partner, who was always the straightiest student all through school, was the perfect, you know, he's he's not the outgoing one, but he's the the brains. He's yeah. my older brother and I'm his boss, so to speak. Right? So I take that on and I'm I'm running my parents baby and i'm going to help the whole family succeed do you think that no was pressure. some pressure <laughs> that motivated me yeah and and we were successful with it so you know the, the, i know how it feels just like the rest of you entrepreneurs we're all sometimes terrified we go what are we doing i mean and then you feel like you you work so hard and you're successful and you've made it and then you're afraid of losing it because it's like, I'm here. I don't have to do this anymore. Okay, I, can... I
1: did it now. Ooh, you know. got to hold on to
0: it. But we all know that human nature is never satisfied with status quo. We have to expand. We have to go to the next level. So for you entrepreneurs out there and me, we have to continue to focus on that next level to provide more opportunities for our own growth and the growth of others. And that will bring true happiness because status, success is not on a paycheck. It's not on a, uh, anything like that. And that's why money should not be any of our real focus. There's many more things, although we got to kind of have it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of
1: supports all of the other <laughs> stuff. Does the other. I think that's a huge key because many times we don't define what success is for us. And if success is, you know, we, may, we might just be pushed around by what the world tells us success is, or, you know, our comparison, whatever that looks like is success. And, and we've got to sit down and define what is success for us. Um, rather than have somebody else tell us what it is or else we're miserable individuals.
0: You are so right. I just, uh, I read a book that was recommended to me. I'm trying to just read lots of books and do as much as I can right now. But Ray Dalio, who's one of the billionaires and so well-known. and One of the things that just hit me so hard as I listened to him is he said, my my first principle is not about money. And I'm thinking he's a billionaire, you know, multi-billionaire. Come Easy on,
1: for you to help say. Help me to <laughs>
0: understand this. And he says, it never was, it never will be. And, he, and then he said this, he goes, the, the level of happiness and success has nothing to do with monetary or, you know, material gains. You can be nearly and even more happy. He said, I've seen many more happy that have had nothing by the world standards. And so this is just, this is another, this is totally irrelevant. And, and I think he's right. I think... Uh, you know, if you have a lot of money, it can become actually a burden. You're just yeah, right. overwhelmed, you know. Right. It's not like Christmas, you think after the UPS stops for the 800th time at your door and gives you yet another package, like, what do I do with this thing, know. you know? <laughs> these boxes are driving me crazy.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever felt that way.
0: <laughs> I felt this way, my wife's all of our orders. <laughs> oh yes, I imagine you have, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, one of the things that you said too that actually I love is how you talked about that pressure from performing for your family. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people might be like, Well, that's ridiculous, but I can under I can relate to this. We're third generation owners. Of this family legacy, mm-hmm. right? And and the statistics are third generation. You know that's a rough time for businesses. Usually they go under, whatever. And so that has mm-hmm. driven my husband. Like you can't even imagine. Be I, I will this this company will not fail on my watch. It's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. And so then the pressure can be passed on to our kid. <laughs> It'll be fourth generation. Good luck for It'll you be, on the you know,
0: fourth. <laughs> we made it through the third.
1: But I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is that's not necessarily a negative driver. It's yeah. okay to. Create yeah. that legacy and hold on to that family and 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 create this thing for the it's, for the for the um, economy and your family and everything.
0: It's a great motivation because I think if you look at it as a service. instead of as a responsibility or or duty you're carrying on a reputation you're carrying on a name you're carrying on a tradition and in fact i don't care what the tradition has been for oswald services you can take it to another to another level you know and you can be part of that next legacy and and so i'm sure you're doing that yeah
1: that's what i love i do feel like now we're working more on our brand instead of it being just automotive service well who knows what we'll do yeah. Who knows what those kids will do with it?
0: <laughs> exactly. right on. <laughs> all right,
1: well thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, because I appreciate we have all filled had failures and feelings of doubt and so it's nice to know that somebody who has been as successful as this company and you mm-hmm. have been you're in, we're all in the same boat.
0: We are all are. We mm-hmm. all are. I, I believe it and uh, we're gonna we, the key is those who push through you're going to be successful, you know, just keep pushing through. Even if you fail, just learn, but, but learn from it. Don't do that again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the key, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So speaking of that, what do you think are some of the most important things you've learned over this journey? And maybe you've already addressed it, but in your reflection,
0: well, I think the biggest thing I've learned is it's, and when you run your own business, it teaches you most about yourself. To me, it's such a great laboratory because uh, it, you're out there you know you're really exposing yourself on how you're doing and so when I when I went into the business I, I really learned a lot about myself I quickly saw my weaknesses exposed like I'd never seen before and I'm um, like wow I didn't know I was doing this to my poor team members before and so I've really learned that's it I think that's the second part of that is that as an as a entrepreneur you've got to be completely transparent and honest you can see that's kind of how I roll Yeah. Uh, And I think it endears your team around you because they say, you know what? We know at least where this guy stands and what we're trying to do together. Um, So I think it is you're transparent and you're honest. You've got to be a leader. You've got to still go. We're going to go here and this is how we're going to get there. And you've got to be the one that continues. But overall, it helps people know, well, I trust him. You know, he's gotten us through this before. We'll get through this again and, and we'll do it. The third thing I realized, and it might have been the first thing, is how you need expertise that are beyond your own. You know, you've got to do it, especially around technology. You know, uh, I thought I knew technology, I did not know technology. And so, one of the greatest blessings we've had is we've just always had the best IT guys. You know, uh, they've just done a marvelous job. Uh, they're just so smart mm-hmm. and they're looking out for us. And uh, so, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And And it kind of goes down the board. You know, our controller that we have, our controllers that we've had, and our and our designers and i just i can go on down the list so leverage people and be grateful be grateful that you uh, you have skills that they don't have but be grateful they have skills that you don't have and, and and embrace that you don't have to be the best at everything in fact you don't have to be the best at anything as long as you know how to get people that are really good at what they do mm-hmm. you know and yeah. then you know how to help to take that recipe, put it together and 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 get it to all meld and work together.
1: I feel like there is a real lack of actual leadership in our country, in business. Um, and what you're talking about to me feels like, um, like you said, put aside that ego, understand that your role is to serve and, and it doesn't have to all be you, but create this team that helps to build the vision and be that leader for them and and move the ego out of the way it 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 is really lacking in a lot of our leadership
0: Mm -hmm. i think if our leadership would step back and say okay how do i help enable
1: and they don't it's really Mm -hmm.
0: enablement a ceo is about enabling the team to go Mm -hmm. it's about having a vision and staying on the vision but it's not about the ceo does all the work Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be that way because Mm -hmm. your time actually is more precious than that and i think the culture of of a family-based business is that you've got to be doing most if you don't if you're not doing the most work if you're not busy out there then something's wrong with you no please don't you're too important to be doing that you need to be making sure that you're removing all the obstacles that you're putting the right people in the right seats that the organization's moving forward and keeping people in sync you truly may not be rowing but you might be guiding the rudder (laughs) and it may make all the difference in the world.
1: And that's a real hard concept, especially if you were the one that just like you were the bottle washer, all that stuff in the beginning, you know how to do everything. And so it's easy for you to jump in and that's exactly where we shouldn't, we got to let our teams figure these things out. And
0: that jumping in almost gets your ego like, well, I know better than everybody Uh, else. But You don't want to have a business that depends on one person. That's trouble. Mm -hmm. You, You need to be able to literally move away for three years, the business continues to operate and, and function that is your greatest compliment when i left my mission there's an example my goal was that the missionaries and the mission mission president would not miss a beat wouldn't We'd even know you were up. gone <laughs> yeah, yeah would, would go yeah. up in in its success you know that's what that's what a leader does yeah exactly and a, and a leader that's like oh boy they fell out the whole thing fell apart well that guy or gal did not Lead right. I agree. Maybe their ego feels good that everything fell apart, but mm-hmm. and that is a problem with our nation at this moment. Yeah. you know, it's all about ego. What do I? How good do I look? But we better stop that subject. Well, and
1: in our history, <laughs> yeah, we probably shouldn't go down that road. But in our history, we have glamorized leaders like that, Lee Iacocca. You know, I mean, people who have been that kind of a leader, and then things fall apart when they lead. And then I think now we're having that, like, wait a minute, that isn't an, a leader. That's a tyrant sometimes, and mm-hmm. and we've got to. We've got to allow our teams to fail. We have to allow an environment where failure can happen so they can learn and get better. And, and it just improves everything. And I think that's a lesson not only for businesses, but in our families, you know, especially I can speak as a mom. You know, you run in, rescue, fix, and save your kid. And then they don't get to figure it out. Um, and so, again, I'm speaking from experience there, so I can, I can talk about that. <laughs> Mothers but.
0: are great. I had a saying that I heard from another friend. He said fathers worry, but mothers suffer. And it's really true, mothers suffer and they wanna run in and rescue it. (laughs) no, we hate seeing our kids suffer, so we
1: rescue them and then they don't know how to function. So lesson to all of us. They translate between being a parent and uh, running a business. They do, they do. Okay, so I just wanna close the loop because I know in 2019, you guys hired Seth Aaron of Project Runway fame. And I have to just tell you, I am a big Project Runway uh, fan oh. or groupie or whatever you want to call him. so like from season one so i was very aware of who Seth Aaron was uh-huh. and fascinated that you guys had brought him in to be a designer and i know at one time there was some vision of Apparel and resort wear. So, can you kind of update us on yeah. what has happened with that? Is he still with the company?
0: Where Where is all that? Well, let me explain. I, I never even got to know Seth Aaron because I was gone <laughs> the entire gone. time. Right. I talked to him on the phone a few times, but that was about it. Yeah. Uh, but we were really excited when Seth Aaron contacted us and, and applied for the position because he saw a vision about bringing another line of product into our company. It wasn't so much the uh, the the mermaid and the. Uh, resort wear, which was our, my vision. Okay. was, okay, bring that side. His side was, we can take a company that has the resources that we do have and we can build another clothing company outside of that, right? So we can create another clothing company that's that has his styles, his designs and would go. And so there wasn't quite an alignment there because my understanding and the team's was that you're going to focus on our, our, our mermaid line. That's where we're making you know our business. Yeah, that's and, who we and are. And the resort wear. And he did that, but it wasn't enthusiastic. So... So we went and said okay we're going to try this and we went with Seth Aaron and we began to, we 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 engaged again a leading New York firm we were we're talking to Bloomingdale's Nordstrom all the big brands and we created a full line of product and it was a very shall I say you'd never see it in that of Idle Falls it was very advanced trendy stuff Seth Aaron kind of Seth stuff Seth Aaron yeah, stuff I he's mean, it was kind of out there it was trendy so we we got to the point and our last day was uh, March of this year oh sorry 2020 and they were ready to make a decision on our line. And two things happened. One was COVID hit yeah, us. Yeah, right. So they canceled all orders and canceled all consideration. And the second thing is our main person that we had engaged to, to get the deal done, who was out of New York, he was the former CEO of some very large retailers, um, died of a heart attack oh, on one of his no. trips. Oh, and it my happened goodness. within a week. And it was just, it just all happened within a week. And like two lightning bolts, same Two maybe lightning you bolts at the same be. time. Uh-huh. And and so Steve and I, took that as okay, we've been pushing this, we've been pushing it, we've been spending a lot of resources, a lot of funds to try to build this new thing. We're not sure that that's who we really are anyway. Yeah. If it comes through, great, we're gonna go for it. But yeah. if it's not quite, we're not gonna we're not force gonna this it. anymore. And so that's kind of where we got. We said, you know, Seth Aaron, we're we're we personally are not as comfortable in this other world where we're comfortable and and, and Seth Aaron is a, is is so talented what he does. He's so good at it. So for him to be in the in the resort where it wasn't it's not it's yeah he was not constrained there yeah okay. he, it's not it's not his thing so it ended up just it just wasn't a great fit at yeah. the end of the day for either one of us and so we agreed mutually hey Seth Aaron love you you've been great with us for the last you know couple of years but we're not going to build a, a new line of clothing that would give you that your true outlet uh-huh. and uh-huh. and so we just kind of agreed to end it and we learned from that mm-hmm. and we spent. Like I said, we, we had fashion shows in New York. We 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 went into it. I mean, we really went into it, um, but we I'd say we didn't do as well as we'd hoped, and it took a lot longer. So we thought, well, maybe this is not in our core. So let's let's make the change.
1: Yeah, so and maybe update. too, like you said, with COVID happening, it was it really just the it, timing. It,
0: time, it was a lot of timing. You know, we were so close to getting into Bloomingdale's, and the Macy's, and um, and doing our line. But I take a look at it and go, look. I don't know what else to, you know. These things happen all at the same time. We're just gonna, we're gonna think about it some more. And that's kind of what we agreed to do. And we knew during COVID we would not be able to push this. Retail was shut down completely, so it was just like, you know what? Let's just put this on mothballs. And that's frankly where it is. I mean, Seth, there, and would still work with us in a minute. Would work yeah. with him in a minute. And maybe
1: you'll come back to that.
0: We we could very well come back uh-huh. to that, you know. Uh-huh. But right now during this uh, this little period, it's like, let's let's get our feet under us. Let's let's. Uh, our mermaid tail under us, whatever you want to call it. But let's just let's just get let's just get stabilized and, and get through this tough time.
1: Okay, so let me talk about some creativity during yeah. COVID. I think I saw you guys were selling toilet paper that had the little mermaid tail kind
0: of thing on it. Is that true? Well, I haven't seen it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody on some Instagram did something yes you know we've we've seen masks, we've seen lots of things. <laughs> what we did is we went back to our core and we did it really well and the good news is we we knew that uh during this time it was actually a great season for us because people bought at home swimming pools,
1: oh yeah, and
0: so business just went boom, yeah, and so we did really well and so t- frankly twenty twenty was a great year for us, yeah. So, and that's
1: kind of hard to say when you see other businesses who have struggled through this, but yeah. Uh,
0: you know, we didn't know where it was going to go and, and <laughs> you know, beginning of the year didn't look very good. And, and so we were grateful for the government's willingness to help us with everything they could do, but, and it helped us, but over time we were able to get our business focused. And, and, and so I think it just shows you, even during the toughest times, there are businesses that are ready to have success. They really are. You just have to find them and work within them or find a way to to rearrange yourself to where you can, you can. Provide a solution.
1: Uh, you know, I think another example of that. We saw businesses come out of the 20, 2008 recession, and so it's going to be the same for twenty twenty. I'm excited, kind of to see the creativity. I, I I mourn for the businesses who are leaving. I it has just been announced that Macy's is leaving the mall, and I think I'm going to have to go wear black for the next I don't know how long because mm. that's my store. Mm. Um, but. So I definitely mourn for those kind of things, but the creativity and the changes that it's bringing, who knows what's going to be next. Some of the great businesses might be created that we got out of 2008.
0: I think you're right. I think if we can figure out what that is, there's some big opportunities now because people have changed and we just have to figure out that's the challenge, right? What is that thing?
1: Yeah, and that's what's fun about your business is you have the resources and the brains mm-hmm. to be able to be like, ooh, we could play in this pond. We can, yeah. and,
0: we, and we're thinking of ways to do it. And that's why I'm saying, I think uh, this year's gonna be a great year for FinFund. I think we've got a lot of good things. And part of our company's Blue Spring Partners. Uh, you know, we're, we're Blue Spring Partners and it was a specific name because we're partnership, we work together. Uh, We were blue because it was a color that it talks about purity and, and, you know, water, you know, spring. It it gives constant um, renovation back. And so that's what we hope to do. And so our, our goal is that we also find other things along the way. You know, we came into our blanket business. We're, we're looking to find other products that fit within our structure uh-huh. that we can support with our great employees and, and do it.
1: So that is a good question. I was thinking, um, because of your resources, have you thought about diversifying into other things that don't necessarily fit around the whole Fin Fund? Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. That's always been the plan, you know. FinFund's been so great, but our goal is to... Is to acquire or build new, new things that we can build up uh, within that as a, and blue spring partners. And that's what blue spring all. partners says.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's okay.
0: why it's really the parent is that it will, it'll handle. I hope I, I feel very strongly to say this time next year, I, we will have acquired or have a new business that's moving along Uh huh. by the, yeah.
1: Well, we're excited to well, see that. Me happen. too. <laughs> Eric, I have enjoyed every single minute of this. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners before I let you go?
0: Well, Renee, thank you. It's been a it's been a delight to be with you, and uh, I've learned from you as well. You know, I think the only thing I would say is that uh, I think this is a key time for all of us. You know, it's interesting that I'm your first interview in 2021. Maybe I am. I don't know. Second, but Second, close. Well, yes. one of one of your first interviews, <laughs> and I think to me, it's more about me saying, okay, what is this telling me that I need to do for yeah, 2021? Yeah, I think it's it's a time of change i think it's going to be a time of taking advantage and capitalizing on opportunities and we just have to do it you know we just have to we just have to go and uh, be grateful for the success we've had but don't be too confident and comfortable with the success
1: yeah i think that's part of the challenge that when we get too complacent then it passes us by yeah great Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Eric, thanks again so much for your time today. It's hard not to fall in love with the story of fin Fun, and the image of your parents trying so many businesses and landing on this <laughs> and doing it from their house in St. Anthony. And look what it's become and for your whole family and for our community. It's just such a blessing. So we're excited to continue, continue to see all that you're doing and the dreams that you're helping uh, come true for lots of mer people. That's and right. others. There's plenty everywhere. of them out there, yeah.
0: but uh, yeah, that's right. And we want to continue to help everyone to dream, our employees, and certainly the people we come in contact with, the charities that we use, we support, other things like that. It's, dreaming is where it starts, yeah. it starts there. So
1: go out there and dream, guys. Yeah, come you, on. you can do it. <laughs> All right, that's thanks right. again. Thank you so much. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. If you are looking for automotive repair and maintenance provided with honesty and integrity, come and see us, guys, and let our family take care of your family. Now, stay tuned for the Business Leadership Moment.
0: It's now time for a Business Leadership Moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November, and they have a sister event called RiseX. Uh, which is held monthly. So please check it out. Go to risecon.io or risex.io. And those are spelled with a Z. Um, Okay, so Eric's episode was really fun for me. And one of the reasons that it was, was because he told the story of his parents. And I mentioned in the show, but I did just want to bring it back up about how his parents went through 40 I can't, is that true? 40 different businesses? Um, I, 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 it just kind of blew my mind. And man, they're little hustlers. They were in um, the wedding business. They had a furniture store. Um, I I mean, multiple things, clearly. I don't know a, a fraction of them. Um, but to, to hear the story about how all their life they'd hustled to, Provide a living for their family, um, and those boys worked so hard. Not just the boys; all of the family worked so hard in that business, in those businesses. And it just—it really brought back some memories to me about my own dad. So I just have to share that story um, with you, because if you aren't familiar with the story of my my dad, um. I've said it in in a few talks that I have given around the area, but he was what I called, uh, you know, looking back, call him a serial entrepreneur. And like I said in the show, my mom did not see him as a serial entrepreneur, probably because, you know, in the 80s, 80s, 70s, 80s, that wasn't a thing. Um, My dad, my mom called him a dreamer, and that wasn't actually a positive kind of a Connotation that she gave to him. It was like, you know, what's the next thing you're gonna do, buddy? Uh, when I think about his life, um, before I was born, he, my parents lived in Centerville, and they had four children, and it was this, you know, he'd go to work every day and he'd come home, and um, it, this little life that that's what they thought they were gonna have. And my dad was not content with this knew that he wanted more. And they found a lodge in Jackson Hole, which sounds super sexy. But this was like 1967 or something like that. And Jackson Hole was definitely not sexy at that point. It was um, my mom, if she were still alive, would say that it was full of hippies and dope smokers. (laughs) You could ask my kids about that. She would tell them about that. So It was not the place where she dreamed about living, grow, uh, raising her family. You can imagine they came from Centerville, super conservative land to Jackson Hole, Wyoming with these four little kids. Um, And then uh, I was born while they were in Jackson and we shortly moved after that. But the point that I'm trying to make is that they, they bought this lodge and, you know, they had a few people that would come and stay. And then my dad also had horse concessions and in the summer, and then he would do snowmobile tours on old, old school snowmobiles. Um, he'd also take people down the Hoback and in the raft, you know, so it sounds like it was just the dream job. And that's of course what my dad wanted to do. Um, but you know, it was a tough town and it couldn't last forever in And in, in especially raising kids there So they moved to St. Anthony Opened a bowling alley In the middle of all of this They had multiple different businesses going on Like I don't even know At one point he sold They raised chinchillas and sold them um, I know Uh, Again, I only know of a fraction of this. So my point of this story is I'm imagining the Browning family and all of these different things that their parents were involved in. And after how many businesses did it finally hit? And I just love that story and the message of perseverance and not giving up. Um, Eric talks so highly about his father and how, although it was Grandma Karen that sowed that fintail, it was, you know, it was his dad's business sense that was like, no, we can make something of this. Um, so what a great combination. And it's just such a lesson to me about not giving up. Um Because like I look at my dad and multiple businesses and none of them were complete, you know, successes Um, before uh, one of the last businesses that he had was Trout Haven, which was a fish farm and an RV park in Mackey. So it was right below the dam. And it's not there anymore. Man, uh, Kevin went by it the other day, and it, and you could hardly tell that it was ever there. But boy, I have some fond memories there. And he had that for about five years. So that was fun to see. You know, that was his thing that finally hit after so many years. So I, the message here, I think, is you guys don't give up. The first thing that you do may not be the thing that hits, um, you may not ever do anything that hits as well as FinFun. My goodness, how we could only imagine! But don't give up. Keep trying. Keep realizing your dreams. Don't put your other life at risk. But just understand that perseverance and tenacity pays off. And that's what I love about East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast is that we get to hear these amazing stories that give us inspiration around not giving up and realizing that. We're just all doing the same thing together. Somebody might be one step ahead of you um, and you're looking at them thinking they have the tiger by the tail and they're just trying to figure it out as much as you are. So hang in there. Do not get discouraged. Understand that this is a journey. It's an entrepreneurial business owner journey. And um, just take that first step. Be brave and go out there and and keep going. So I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope to see you back here next week. We'll at least hear you back here. How do I say that? You guys, I always say, see you back here, but I don't actually get to see you. Um, but you know what I mean? So see you next week. Take care.